0: Hey guys, it's Dustin, and I'm not doing a regular intro this time. You're going to get a custom intro, because we've made it to 50 episodes, folks. I mean, I since this started in the spring of 2015, and we're coming up on three years this spring, um, I've been so fired up about doing this show and turning this microphone on every week or every couple of weeks, and... Um, I just love it so much. So today I wanted to do a special show and thought I would intro with uh, with a little bit of uh, voiceover and basically talk about uh, hunting and fishing in the outdoor world with the guys that got me started in media and that's Mac and Prowler. Mac is Randy McMillan, Prowler is Bill Henson and uh, these guys I've each had on the show individually over the years and the second podcast I think we ever had in 2015 was actually a recycle of a podcast that I did with the interviews with the Hunting Masters, which now is John Stallone's show. He has a podcast called Interview with the Hunting Masters, and I highly suggest you check that out, especially if you're interested in hunting Western game. Uh, He's an incredible hunter, has a great TV show called Days in the Wild, and uh, interviewed for that show, uh, Randy McMillan on predator hunting, that was show number two, and then show, had uh, Prowler on several times, and basically I got them both on this show, for kind of a rare uh, uh three-way call interview <laughs> if you will and uh, really had a lot of fun with this hope you guys enjoy it welcome to the best of the outdoors <music> So, again, I'm your host Dustin Vaughn Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, speaker, podcaster. Most of you guys know that by now, 50 episodes. Really excited about this week and really fired up to bring the show to you. So, we're in deer gun season here in Texas now, and um, there's a lot of exciting things happening. One of the processors I work with or a couple, I actually work with four processors now, deer processors and taxidermy studios, and they're all gearing up and um uh, they're all excited about this weekend and this is a cool thing so uh, i'm recording this right before the weekend of the opener you'll be hearing this podcast after that weekend but i'm going hunting in mason texas and i'll get a video to post on youtube here pretty soon and uh, we'll we'll showcase that to you and kind of show you where i've been and what i'm doing and hopefully we'll we'll get a deer i'm hunting with my beloved Mosey nagant 762 by 54 rim very similar to a 308 or a 30-06 and um really cool Russian round that's been in existence since uh, the late 1800s, over 100 years, and uh, still going strong. So the uh, the Russian Mosin-Nagant, 70-year-old plus era, uh, deer rifle, and <laughs> pressed it into hunting service. So um, really a lot of fun. So um, you'll notice that I talk more with Randy, Mr. Mack. Um, of Mac and Prowler more on this show than I do with Bill because we were having issues and you'll kind of hear some of the staticky issues that we were having with, with Prowler's um, Prowler's line connection once we got into the show. But by goodness, if it's not one thing, it's another when it comes to technology and we just kind of roughed through it and uh, and I did some editing and everything looks good on the show. So hope you hopefully you enjoyed this. We'll be talking about hunting, we'll talking about fishing, we'll be talking about a little bit of everything, the outdoors, um, kind of the... The basis of the state of the industry and that kind of stuff uh, as well, and the basis of of why we get out and hunt and fish and teach our kids and our loved ones how to hunt and fish, and um, so we talk about a lot of that good stuff in the show. Here is our interview with Mr. Mac and Prowler. Joining me on the phone are Randy McMillan and Bill Henson, Mac and Prowler from the Mac and Prowler TV show that originates out of Texarkana. How are you, gentlemen, doing this evening? Simply marvelous.
1: We're doing great.
0: Oh, that's great. So it's not too often. I think it's the first time in my podcast history that I've had two guys on at the same time. But I mean, and, and forgive us if we talk over each other. We're just used to it. We're old buddies at this, you know, but um, we have we've had a lot of fun over the years. I joined the Mag and Prowler team in 2011 as kind of the marketing guy. And uh, the TV show basically, you know, revolves around predator hunting, but also fishing and, um, you know, big game hunting. And that's what I kind of brought to the to the table. Uh, I, I started writing with Mack and Prowler, um, outdoor writing um, articles and blogs and that kind of stuff. I uh, started this podcast through them. And uh, then it was taken over by Texas Fishing Game, and I mean, this has just been a dream come true. To, uh, after 50 episodes, this being the 50th one, we started out with Mac and Prowler, so we're going to continue <laughs> with a celebration here in the middle, you know, with with Mac and Prowler again.
2: Maybe we can do the 100th episode also. That's
0: right. I figure every milestone will just have you guys back on. That's what I was thinking. (laughs)
2: Yeah, sounds
1: Sounds like like a winner to me.
0: Yeah, but I can't thank you guys enough because I I got my start with Texas Fishing Game by meeting them at the SHOT Show in 2013. Um you know, I, I just, I have so much to thank you guys for, but you guys are, are your own kind of outdoor icons in a lot of people's eyes. And, uh, I, I definitely look up to that too, because y'all are kind of hunting legends in the, especially here in the Texas, Northeast Texas area. Um, do you want to talk any about what, what you guys have been up to lately
1: lately? <laughs> well, well,
2: Mac and Mac can fit in on the lately part when it comes to the hunting, cause we've been working on pigs. I just ride along with him and shooting videos.
1: Right, right. no, well, lately lately we ain't been doing nothing but hog control for farmers.
0: Cool. You
1: know, that's the main thing we've been doing here lately and I think I had a little spell with a sciatic nerve put me down, but uh, I'm over that now. But in the last five weeks I just started keeping up with it. I went a long time. Didn't really keep up with what I was doing and sure. I think as of last night in the last Six weeks or so that made 91 hogs that we killed. wow that's incredible that's a good number so. you know we do it with the thermal and night vision and uh, we shoot with thermal drive with night vision and uh, then we run on the uh, uh, hogzilla mm-hmm. that's our that's our ride we ride in it's, hogzilla. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mark 4 with tracks on it a six-wheeler with tracks is what it is Oh, cool. And uh, the good thing about the track rig is you go on farmer's places and, you know, landowners that let you go out there and hunt. Well, with this track vehicle, we leave very little sign that we've been there. And you so go in a place, you know, you know, and you go to rutting it up, well, then you're not going to be invited back. Right,
0: right. Yeah, that makes sense. So this, a vehicle like that keeps things a little bit more calm when it comes to the soil
1: and, and the, uh, the, the the area, right? Right, absolutely. No, I can cool. run over places, you know, that uh where they've been on side by sides and stuff, and we'll actually level out their track. Oh, you that's know?
0: nice. That's really nice. No, yeah. that's cool.
1: That's
2: what that's one really, of the farmers it's
1: a told really us.
0: Really nice, tall hunting machine. Oh, cool. Go ahead, Bill.
2: No, I said that's just what one of the farmers told us. He was amazed because he saw where we had ran over his track, and it actually. Level well, ruts for him.
0: Smooth it out. Wow, that's great. That's wonderful. So you guys have been obviously slaying some hogs. That's great because we have a big hog problem here in the state of Texas. And you know, the more I think about it, you know, it's I love hog hunting for the reason that I love wild pork and I love to barbecue and that kind of stuff. But I mean. It's it's making a problem, you know, go away, but also feeding us, you know. So I there's a book I'm reading right now called Eating uh Eating Aliens, which is all about invasive species coming into an area and I kinda thought about that when y'all mentioned that, you know. <laughs> so Oh wow well, well, it's, pig. It's, it's, kinda like, it's
1: kinda like I had a lady ask me today actually. She asked me, she said, Well y'all don't get paid for that <laughs> and I said, Well, I said it's like this <laughs> I said we love to do it, and if it wasn't for us having the means to do it, then we wouldn't get to. Right. So yeah. you know it, it's kind of like you know anything else you do, you don't get paid to go fishing. Right. You know, <laughs> most people don't anyway, and it's it's about the same thing, is what it is. It's something we really do like to do. Sure. And uh, so you know, hey, what can you do, men? then prowler went out uh the other night we run half the night and uh we spent about twenty dollars in gas and yeah forty dollars in ammo and we had a big time what can you do for two guys can do for 50 bucks
0: yeah no. uh, that's,
1: that's good i mean
0: it's good clean fun as they say you know <laughs> so for sure yeah. Um, but no, that's great. And so what are y'all using to take these hogs down, if you will? What kind of weapon are you guys with these days?
1: We're shooting an Olympic Arms AR in 6.5 Grindle.
0: Ooh, very nice. Uh, that's a heck of a hunting round right there. And um, and that I didn't know Olympic made that particular uh, caliber. That's really cool.
1: The 6.5 Grindle we're using, we're shooting a 123-grain Hornady bullet. Nice. It's Hornady ammo is what it is. Wow, that's great, that's and it's awesome. a pretty effective little round. You know, and the beauty part about it is, is it works in an AR platform, right? You know, exactly. I tried the I tried the three hundred eight, and yes, you know, three o eight eight's gonna nail one nearly every time you shoot him, right, right in his track. But you know, you're lugging around a big heavy gun by the time you put that thermal scope on it, and it's a, it's heavy. And so sure. when we found out about the six five Grendel. Well, you know, that fit to ticket on a lighter weight gun, easier right. man- to maneuver and the ammo's about the same as a three oh eight. Cool.
0: And I'm getting ready to go out to uh this podcast will be coming out after opening weekend starts, but um I'm getting ready to take my beloved Mosey Nagant, you know, seven sixty two by fifty four rimmed, you know, <laughs> war rifle out. Uh, you know, y'all have seen me play with those before and uh and have a lot of fun and success in the field with them. But this one's been seracoded by a good friend of mine. Who owned a business that he just recently sold and uh, two hundred and three grain bullet, gentlemen. Two hundred and three grain bullet for a seven six two. So. Oh yeah. That packs a heck of a punch, man. <laughs> so.
1: That's a, that's a that's a deadly round.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So. Um, and then, <laughs> that's a deadly
2: round. That's a
0: forty-five caliber Texan. Yeah, you cut out a little bit there, Bill. The forty-five caliber Texan. You, you're talking about your Prowler yeah. pellets. Yeah.
2: Cool. It works good. I just I sold a bunch to a guy in Florida and he's tickled to death with them. Oh,
0: that's great. And and so that's the Air Force Texan, Air Force Air Guns. We just recently, back in August, and I didn't even mention this on the podcast, back in August I took my son up to the Texas Air Gun Show, which was held in um up in uh, the Mansfield area, Dallas area, uh, North Texas, and um we had a lot of fun, you know, doing that stuff together. So it was, uh, it was a blast uh, hanging out with you guys again in person. We don't do that enough these days.
1: Right. There's just not, not enough hours in
0: the day and too far apart. And we're, we're, what, five and a half, six hours away from each other. So we've only seen right. each other in, in right. person, you know, about you know ten times or so through the time I've been part of the – but we talk on the phone a lot and we text and, and we follow each other on social media and, um, you know, I I – I have a lot to thank you guys for because y'all have really helped. me. You've educated me as a hunter. You've helped me educate others as a hunter, um, and, and an outdoorsman. And um, you know, I just I, I can't thank you guys enough for for guiding me in the direction in outdoor media that I'm in today.
1: We appreciate that, but you know, you've done a good job and what you've done for us. So, you know, it's one in deals. Yeah. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, exactly. you know. Exactly. So it all works out. It all works out to everybody's benefit.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, um, Bill, you've told me that you have been uh, fishing lately in the uh, the Northeast Texas area. Tell me how that's going. I wanted to work some fishing into this show.
2: Uh, Lake of the Pines, we've been tearing up the crappie. Uh, we've caught 696 crappie
0: <laughs> in the
2: last. Uh, two months but who's keeping score right (laughs) well i don't have a choice every time we do something competition no matter what yeah that's true uh, you come in who caught this and i i got before i started i'm sitting at the back of the boat and i start putting my little uh cut mark on the crappie when I put them in there, no matter if I catch them or somebody else catches right. them. So I win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we won't tell anybody that, uh, that trick. Okay? Uh, That'll be our little secret. <laughs>
2: now we've, uh, we've been keeping up with it now for about a, about two years, two I guess. Years.
1: Okay, cool.
2: And, uh, we've been, man, we've been fishing with purple and pearl jigs, two jigs. And, Oh, it is unreal. Well, we filled up two decreases full. Wow. Fillets. That's great. Yeah, we just fillets. Oh, that's incredible. We got in the got into largemouth bass the other day on Lake Right Patman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what were y'all throwing that's there? Spinner baits, okay. buzz baits and buzz spinner baits. baits. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. They are they're hitting the buzz baits
0: hard. There's nothing like a buzzbait, man. When you see one explode on the water, it's like watching a redfish swallow up a a popping cork, you know? I mean,
2: it's just. Well, 90% of the time, these fish that we're fishing, they don't explode. They just suck it under. They just suck it under. It's just, wow. Yeah, we've been catching some big ones. Well, to us it's big, you know, six pounds.
0: Yeah. But they'll
2: range between three and eight pounds. I, I went up there I can't remember, one day after me and Mac went uh, hunting that night and went up there and we caught nine bass that we brought back. We probably caught 30, but we brought nine bass back and the least one weighed three pounds and nine ounces and the biggest one weighed eight pounds and six Ooh, ounces. That's some good fish
0: right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, I just finished coming back from an event this past weekend, um, two weeks from when this show Well, air and uh, had an international student event with Bridges Ministry with Crosswater Outfitters, which is my fishing ministry I talk about on the show all the time. And man, you know, there it, it, it was like on a floating dock, which is not the most ideal situation to have a bunch of people on a floating dock uh it was up and down a path that was real rugged you had to walk down to and watch your step and everything because it was real rocky those international kids coming from the, the countries that a lot of them come from third world countries in some cases didn't complain one bit <laughs> they were like yeah just i get to go fishing you know they they a lot of them have never been in a boat a personal watercraft you know like a bass boat or a uh or a bay boat or anything like that, a pontoon boat or anything like that, and just seeing the joy that they had from that day, man, that just fires me up. I didn't even do any fishing on this event, and uh, I just had a blast being out there. So,
2: well, it's a lot of fun. I I live for the outdoors. You know, I used to think I was a a good hunter until I met Mac. Yeah. And uh, of course, we hunt for fish and we hunt for predators sure. too. Sure. Yeah. But uh, it
1: intermingles. Yeah. Yeah, he's not gonna tell you about the he's not gonna tell you about the I called in another night, trying to get in the door with him, but he missed. He ain't gonna <laughs> tell you about that.
0: Came pretty close. Oh, about twelve, about twelve steps. Jeez. I missed him, <laughs> standing That's dead funny. still, bald sided. With a rifle or with a shotgun? Yes, sir, with a rifle. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna give you too hard of a time about that because I've had some misses like that too. So, uh, not me, but I am now. <laughs> I shot at a dove this year, um, and it was behind some brush and stuff. I was kind of sneaking up, and uh, I still missed it because the shot hit the brush and not the bird. So it was I've right. What i before. It was just right. Was in, it was rising out of some thick brush, and I hit the brush and not the bird. And I was like, I thought it was just going to be a slam dunk. I get that bird, but you know <laughs> that goes. So <laughs> dove season is well, like then- that.
2: If I've not learned anything from Mac, I've learned this. Uh We went hunting one day. We were pressure hunting. This was daylight and we were filming. And we get down there to set up, he got a shooting stick. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, Well just give me the couple you film, and I'll hunt. I don't need shooting sticks. Right. He just laughed. He said, Okay. So he called the coyote up. Coyote come out there hundred about a hundred yards and sat down uh-huh. he said there he is shooting <laughs> bang <laughs> i don't even think i cut a hair on him <laughs> no. he and i started away. noticing that the older i get the more i need my shooting sticks mm-hmm. so everywhere Lightly we go down. now we carry a shooting stick well right? and,
0: and i just i said this on the last show i think um you know jackson my eight-year-old is in my only son and my only child um is getting to where he wants to be more interested in getting the outdoors and the shooting sports and stuff so we've picked up some some air pistols and stuff that he can shoot that are the way the same as a as a sig or a revolver or whatever the case may be and he um he's been enjoying that but i took him out crossbow the other day and he made a really good shot for his first time shooting a crossbow but the main thing that we used Obviously was always uh shooting sticks you know a good pair of shooting sticks are hard to replace uh when when you're in the field and need something need a steady rest i mean that is so vitally important for accurate shooting
1: oh yeah, there's That's no true. you know <laughs> there's no no comparison i mean i've you know back the name comes from shooting sticks well I'm so old till you know I really used the stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> old school ain't no school like the old school mr randy <laughs> Old
1: oh, it wasn't nothing like a good a good hickory uh hickory little old tree with a fork in it man that was yeah that was a real shooting stick
0: mm-hmm. you know? That's but true. i've used
1: shooting sticks nearly all my life i mean I've just, i have just i've always i've never been i've never been super steady without them you know i've seen people that could shoot but now uh you know the shooting sticks it it why not use them? You know, well, I even use shooting sticks. You know, when I'm sighting in crossbows and stuff like that. You know,
2: right? And he sure does. I know that for a fact.
1: I've used a shooting stick sighting in a uh, longbow or a, you know a compound bow. Compound bow. Wow. Yeah. I've got a long. I've got a long stabilizer, and you lay that stabilizer up in them sticks. And I mean, why not? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I mean, why not? You're That's you're great. trying to get the bow center just like using a rifle you right. know to, to side it in and yes it may be just a little bit different but you don't put a lot of pressure on that stick you know with that long stabilizer you just kind of rest it in there and then once you get you both side it in like you want it well then that's your advantage
2: sure no that's good i've always said that mac was the MacGyver of the hunting and fishing industry uh-huh. He's going to figure out a different way to do something. And it's always better when he gets through. Well, that's the thing I like He's about the only me. guy I've yeah. ever seen that can drive down the road. I I'm driving down the road. We're going to someplace in Alabama and we had a DVD player that didn't work. It quit yeah. working. He took a pocket, a, uh, what do you call it a Swiss army knife. And right. then what it is, Randy.
1: Yeah.
2: Anyway, he army took one it. of these things. Yeah. And he took that, a player apart put it back together going down the road with that one tool and i said right there, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch this guy wow fix anything Yeah, had lots of
1: little bitty screws
0: too now, i'm sure a little bitty <laughs> tough ones tough ones to get and that's the thing i've liked about both of you guys over the years is y'all have taught me so much just by being innovative and coming up with new ideas and so I mean, there's a lot of things you've picked up over the years. I mean, my whole point in all of this is that we're always learning, and no matter how old we get, no matter how much how seasoned we are in the outdoors, there's always something to learn. And that's why I listen to podcasts like this. That's why I uh, read articles. That's why I watch videos. I mean, all that stuff. It's just if you want to know, the information's out there. You know, you just have to look for it and ask for it. You know, yeah. Well, we have well,
1: when you get so smart that you that you can't learn no more. Then you're probably in the grave.
2: Good way to look at that. Yeah. One of the things that I'm guilty of is when I learn something, I don't. I, I'll tell like my grandson or some of the kids that's around my area, but I need to actually uh, get it on record so that we can tell everybody else this. And that's that's what you're doing now. Yes. Right. Our legacy is what we've learned through the years. Right. And I've always said, I always thought I was a good hunter and a good shot and all that until I met Mac. And he taught me more about it than I learned in the 50-something years before yeah, that. Absolutely. I've learned a lot from both but, of you guys. Well, it, it's being willing to learn as much as anything else because, I mean, I don't care who you are, you don't know anything, everything. Right. And, you know, I seen one one time we had a professional hog yeah. He brought his dogs and everything else and he's gonna catch pigs. we would go out on this place, and he knew the place and we would go out there and go round and round and round and back finally told him, said look, we ain't hurt, we ain't found a pig or nothing. And finally when we didn't have any pigs, he said, Well,
1: where are we at? he said, Over here,
2: so we'll go over this one spot. Pig come out there like crazy. <laughs> it was the thing ever yeah. This was a Well
1: you gotta you know, you gotta think like the pig if the ground wet if the ground's wet all around, where are you gonna be? Right. You're gonna be on the highest ground you yep. can find.
0: You're gonna be on high ground. Yeah, that's true. You ain't true. gonna
1: be down in. You ain't gonna be down in the swamp if you can keep from it. You know, if you're trying to lay down and rest. Yeah. And so it's right. pretty much it's pretty much that way with the pigs too. You know, yeah. they're gonna go. They're gonna go to the nicest place they can find. Right.
0: Exactly. And
1: the nicest place to them is probably the worst place that you'd think about. Right. <laughs>
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: One thing, one thing I'm gonna kind of put a plug in for, and that's uh, that's the sight mark stuff. That's what we're using is Pulsar Thermal the, Vision.
0: Using any of the photon yeah. or using this, the Pulsar?
1: I'm using the uh, Apex Apex XQ38 uh, uh, LRF right now. Was is well, Pulsar, using.
0: right? Yes. Okay. Cool.
1: But I'm on, I'm gonna. Uh, I bought mine just kind of as a I got hooked up with Pulsar, and uh, uh, I was using a lot of different products and everything. Well, you know, I didn't know nothing about it when I started. Yes. But I had two buddies of mine, and they don't do they don't do nothing until they research something to the bitter end, you know, right on the computer and and all the blogs and all this stuff. And both of them come to the conclusion that. You could spend more money, yes, but you wasn't getting nothing for the extra money you spend <laughs> with the pulsar units. Okay, and so, so you know, that's kind of why we use the pulsar. And uh, I've you been around other units. Right. I'm not going to go into different names and stuff. But sure. I've been around other units, and I was very not. I was very under impressed. Yes, Uh, a couple of them was extremely hard to navigate. You know, to make to make work, and uh, you know, I just I just think the pulsar is on the leading edge. You know, of the industry for the money. Now, granted, you know, you get up there if you want to spend ten grand. Yeah, you know, it's better stuff. Yeah. why do you need that to right when I can I can tell you there's something in the field out to 1,500 yards, yes, and I can positively identify it at probably three to four. Yes. I mean, what more do you need?
0: No, I I agree, and I own one of the Sightmark family. Uh, the actual Sightmark brand, Cellmark, is the family of uh, is the kind of parent brand. To all the different families of. Twelve survivors and Pulsar and Sightmark and all the different ones, but I I ordered one of the Sightmark Core HX uh, scopes and I forget what the what the uh, it's variable zoom and I forget what all the details are on it, but it's one of the clearest least ex- well it's not really the least expensive rifle scope I own, but for the quality for the money.
1: In, let me tell you, let me tell you what happened on that. I had a I had a six and a half to twenty four, I believe it was thirty five millimeter tube. Core rifle scope on the gun. We were shooting thousand yards. Wow. Okay, I was shooting. I was shooting with two buddies, and both of them had twenty five hundred dollars scopes. Right. You know, my scope was a, I think it was six hundred dollars or something like that. You know, basically, both of them, they had been down and they would looked through my scope, and they'd raise up and they'd say, now "How much do you tell me this cost?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could not believe the clarity, and they couldn't believe how it would track, you know, backwards and forth, just like right, just like their twenty five hundred dollar scopes.
0: Right, and for a fraction of the cost. Yeah, right. I mean that's the thing I was amazed yeah, by. Yeah. I mean, it's they some of the
1: yeah, they just couldn't believe it. You know,
0: it's some of the best glass I, I, could, I own.
1: Yeah, and I could, you know, I could sit there in a thousand yards and I could look through their scopes. <laughs> that core was just as, it was just as clear as those high-dollar scopes
0: now. Oh, Lord, I mean, the
1: quality's good. there. Yeah. You know, they probably just need to go up on them so everybody would, would buy them, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know.
1: If well, what a $2,500 price tag on them, well, then right. that'd be great. Yeah.
0: I, I really think as far as, you know, to, to make, to make Bill's point, to make Prowler's point, the situation with, um, you know, we're hunters and we, we want what we use to work and we want it to be effective we want it to be efficient we want it to perform under adverse conditions and i think that's you know something that we've that we definitely consider and that's why we talk about products the products that i bring you know to the table that i've used in the field your reviews and stuff that i do um are just nonstop, stop wonderful you know tried and true
1: well you know we've done it for years in what we've been doing in the mac and Prowler. If this something won't work, we don't use it. Right. We don't use it, and we don't promote it. Yep. You know, something that's good, yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to tell how good it is. Sure. But now something that's like sorry, we're not going to get out there and bash it, tell how sorry it is. Right. But we're not going to use it. Yeah. We're not going to promote it.
0: No, that's good. That's always been the the going forward, um, you know, uh, uh, mantra of, of our branding is, is, uh, if it don't work, you know, it don't work for us, you know, <laughs> to be a little on the that's redneck right. side. So, um, but no, that's great. So yeah, there's definitely, so what else, what else do you want to mention Randy? If, I don't know if Bill's still there.
1: It's kind of what we've said all the time, you know, use what you got, get out in the field, you know, take advantage of nature. And um, if you're not doing that, you're missing
0: a lot in life. Yeah, and and that's one thing you guys have have been very – welcoming to a lot of folks that are new to the sport of predator hunting or new to the sport of fishing or new to the sport of of big game hunting i mean use what you have around you use what you can borrow even use what you have access to you know you don't have to go out it doesn't have to cost you a mint to be able to do it or whether i don't like about what's happening to hunting these days is getting so darn expensive you know, to go out and have fun in the outdoors, you know, with lease prices going up. And then, you know, hunting ranches have high end animals and whatever the case may be, you can spend a lot of money in this, in this, in this business, you know, or in this, uh, in this sport. Um, but it's just about right. having, you know, yeah.
1: That's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, the bow industry is kind of one that's a real prime example of that you exactly. know, for years and years and years when I was when I was started out in bow hunting back in the seventies, you know, well, every year they'd come out with a new greater and better bow, you know, well, it didn't cost a lot of money for you to trade or upgrade or whatever. Nowadays with the price of bows, people don't buy new bows every year. Right. They're quality. You know, they, they buy have a bow and, and they use it. They use it for years and years and years and years, you know, well, you know, that kills the sales on, on, on new bows. Right. And, you know? Same way, not just the bows, all the accessories. Yes. That goes along with bow hunting. You know, you take how much advanced the sights are today than what they were when I started out. Uh, How much advanced the rest are when I started out. The releases and everything, you know, is just so much advanced than when I started bow hunting back in the seventies.
0: Right, and 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 the thing. That all being said, I've I've also mentioned on this show a lot that we're in the golden age of hunting. We're in the golden age of fishing. We're in the golden age of the outdoors. I mean, you can buy it once and have it for a lifetime in a lot of cases with outdoor gear, unless it's a consumable that you're going to use over and over again. Um... You know, it's it's something that, you know, things are more durable and more, you know, it's, it's more durable goods in the hunting industry in the fishing industry than it used to be where you can buy and hold. You don't have to buy and sell and buy a new thing. I mean, how many people go buy a brand new release every year or go buy a brand new bow every year? I mean, you get used to what you like and what's working for you and you stick with it, you know?
1: You know, about the only thing in the industry that I think, and this is just my personal opinion, and it may offend some people. But now, you know, the gun industry has went backwards over the years, and it's due to cost.
2: Yes. I mean, that's
1: exactly what it is. But now, you know, the gun industry uh, have went to plastic and and all that stuff, you know. Synthetic, and, yeah. And the quality's not there. Some of the guns today that's out there is not going to be – they're not going to be handed down to great-great-grandchildren, right. you know. <laughs> sure. And, uh, but, you know. And I understand why the gun industry did that. It's just like, you know, I'm just going to say Ruger quit making the M77 yes. in anything under 223 caliber, I think. And somebody asked me one day, said, well, why did they do that? And I said, are you going to pay $700 for a 22? <laughs> when you can buy the, the cheaper one, you can buy it for three something, you know. So which one are you going to buy? And there's not many people going to pay the seven $800 for the M77 and a 22 when they can buy one for 300 and so Right. You know and I mean? I understand the industry, but yet that's the only industry that I know of that has went backwards in quality per se. Now, you yeah. can still get the stuff right. if you want to pay for it. They sure. didn't quit making it. You know, they just went to making more and more sure. the cheaper stuff. No, that definitely
0: makes sense. And you're right. I mean, there's some places in the industry where, you know, folks cut corners. But I'm just saying, you know, you've been around a lot longer than I have, Mac, and you get, you know, that insight. Damn, no, old. I'm not trying to make you feel old now. <laughs> stop that. Um,. <laughs> But, you know, the thing that I think, that all being said, is that you've seen a dramatic shift from one end of the spectrum to the other where things are a lot better quality and can last a lot longer in a lot of segments than what they used to. And... You know, I'm kind of a gearhead myself. I love doing product reviews. I love getting knives. I, I'm a knife guy. I mean, I've got I've got a little bit of everything, and I, my, my life is just full of stuff. i got three crossbows. I mean, I've got, you know, two compound bows. i got bow fishing bows. I mean, like you guys. But, you know, the thing is, I mean, the idea is that the, the technology, all the crap in the world has been kind of weeded out, is my point, because of the market. And, right. you know, I right. think that's a good thing for us as consumers. And I mentioned it on that show many times uh, that, that we're the ones that win because of that.
1: Right. Oh, so. I'm, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like my, my granddaddy. He did not gone, been gone a while now, but he was like 80 something years old. And he said, he said, I want to tell you something more. He said, people talk about the good old days. He said, want to go back to the good old days. He said, "I got it made better right now than I've ever had it made in my life." He said, "I got an air conditioner." He said, "I got a refrigerator." He said, "I got a car that I can get in and drive thousand miles if I want to." Right. <laughs> and yeah. he said, "He said the good old days. Said we didn't have all that."
0: Right. <laughs> didn't have fast food on every corner. You didn't have any of that. You know. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point.
1: And uh, you know, the people that want to go back to the good old days. They probably never have lived in the good old days. <laughs>
0: right, It
1: was a different world back then. It's so. like, you know, when I started out deer hunting, I was about nine years old, and I started out with a single shot Stevens plastic. It was a plastic stock way before its time, you know, because wood was uh, hard to come by after the war. Sure. And uh, so it had a plastic stock on it. It was a 16-gauge single shot. That's what mm. I started out deer hunting with, and didn't have no clothes. We'd take uh, bread sacks and put them on our feet to keep our feet from getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> but now I just got. Uh, we, we didn't have. We, did, we didn't. We didn't have four wheelers war, war, and war, stuff.
0: Do yeah. what? Say that again, Bill.
2: I just asked Mac, I said,
1: what war was it? One
0: or two. What war was it? One or two.
1: <laughs> what?
0: what war was it? One or two? <laughs> that's what Prowler
1: decides. <laughs> After World War Two.
0: After World War Two, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, y'all and the them.
1: gun was old when I was when I had it. It wasn't new. Mm-hmm. My because that's, uh, Savage, Savage and Stevens or Stevens back then, you know, right. they the Hope Wood was hard to get by and they came out with Way ahead of their times on the, uh, they didn't stock. call it plastic. They right. had some name for it, right. you know, but but it was plastic and kick like a mule.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lightweight too, I'm sure, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. And, I you know. know,
1: we didn't have four-wheelers and we didn't have side-by-sides and we wow. didn't have all that stuff. We killed a deer and, and, you know, we carried it or dragged it or whatever we could do. It might be miles, you know because there wasn't a deer on every corner back in them days, yeah. you know, you might hunt all season and you were lucky if you killed a deer and killing a doe back then was taboo, you know, right. it put yeah. you in got a of bay if you shot a doe back uh, then. It was, you know?
0: it was kind of a taboo <laughs> thing. Yeah. You got to shoot your bucks yeah. and not your does. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, the, now that deer science has improved so much. We know that's not the case, but you're right. I definitely, I heard that from my grandparents well, way back when. And, um you know that that just wasn't done back in the day but you know it tickles me guys i was um i was with this international kids this past uh weekend and You know, I said, you know, a billion people sleep on a dirt floor every night. I think it's something like 80% of the world will never make a cell phone call. And we complain about our problems that we've got a truck and we've got a house and we've got a boat and, you know, all these other problems that we have, these first world problems. I mean, we don't realize how the rest of the world lives, you know. I mean, we've got a lot to be thankful for and not take for granted, so. Oh, you're
1: absolutely right. (laughs) It's like what I said about the good old days. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's a different time. Yeah,
1: everything everything is so much better today and you you know, if you don't think things are better today, just go out and sleep with your dog tonight because he's probably sleeping better than yeah. some people did back in the thirties and forties, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Even even that recent.
0: Right. No, that's a good point. Um well I don't wanna keep you guys forever. I just wanted to at least, you know, knock some uh knock some topics around with y'all and just kinda see what uh what was on y'all's mind and uh like i said it's just been a great journey um want to thank you guys again for joining our show and uh is there anything you'd like to close with
1: just keep doing what you've been doing you've been doing a great job Thank you. it reflects in where you where you're headed to you know and so just keep doing the good work everything will be all right
0: yeah no absolutely and i mean You know, I've got a lot of listeners to the show now that kind of I I converse with in social media and got some folks that are way outside of Texas, folks that are in Arizona, folks that live in, in Texas and folks that live, you know, in Canada and other places. And it's just kind of it's kind of surreal that a podcast can touch that many people because people can listen to it in their own in their own aura in their own on their own terms in their own time. And um, it's just kind of a timeless creation in that regard. So whenever people are listening to this, you know, thank you for listening. So, um, and, you
1: know, i've I've told I've told uh, i told Bill Prowler lots of times that you know we were too late in doing what we did. You know, uh, instead of Mac and Prowler, we should have called it Two Old Farts Hunting. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and at the time, you know, the – the social media and the, this kind of stuff was all new, you know, when yes. we started right, in the industry. And, and you know, until you come along, we wasn't smart enough to capitalize on a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, did, we it was, didn't have know, all the you've groups. Added and... that,
1: you've added that capability, you know, yeah. to what we could do
0: we didn't have all the groups and the social share. And I mean, all that has come just a million miles from when we started this in 2011, when I started on with you guys and you obviously have been going on several years before then, but you know, it just, in the way people consume media now is just so amazing, you know, on their own terms, on their own phones. And when I wrote my book in 2013 about that, that Bill edited, Prowler edited, you know, I, I predicted that we would have a Roku channel and we would have, you know, smartphones that we could download all our media on and watch all of our TV shows. And this is the change. You know, it's, it's happened, you know, I mean, it's crazy. Right. So, um, I just, and, and the fact, and I know this is close to y'all's heart as well. The fact that I reached so many kids with this thing, you know, with this microphone and this computer. Oh, yeah. You know, Definitely. that's the next generation. That's the generation I talk about every show that I want to increase, that I want to, uh to to, to, to teach the right things to do and not do. And um, you know, that's our future right there in sportsmen right there is our kids. Right. So
1: Yeah, we were we were talking about it today down at work and you know we were talking about our grandkids and them, you know, getting into the sports and I've got two that could care less. Bill's got some that could care less. Yeah. But, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in 15 years from now? Yep. You I know, I that. won't have to worry about it. Probably, I hope I do, but, you know, probably won't. But, you know, what's going to happen to our industry in 15 years? The, the, the anti hunters and the anti gun people, if they'll just sit back and wait, we'll kill ourselves.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to and put it.
1: That's kind of the way I feel about it, you know. By And, you know, the social media and all this stuff, it has it really taken away from the kids being outdoors and, and doing the things we did when we grew up. Right, you
0: know? right. There, there's and, so many other distractions you know, out social there. Social
1: media, all this is good, but it's also got a bad side. Right, right. It's a
0: double-edged sword, if you will, yeah.
1: And it And it's hard to, you know... How do you can com- how do you compete in the outdoor industry with a game that a kid can sit and watch twenty four hours if that's what he wants right. to do in the parents' him? Right. Good point. And so it's a really it's a really sad day in our in our industry when you really sit down to think about what's gonna happen in the future.
0: Yeah. No, it is. I agree. And I mean, I, that's why I really am, am big about kids in the outdoors and getting your kids involved as early as you can possibly get them involved. You know, my right. son was out right. there, you know, jerking perch and having fun with me at the lake, you know, as early as he can remember, but it's something you have to instill. And if it's not in you, if it is already in your kids, well, you know, concentrate on the neighbor's kids, you know, concentrate on, on somewhere right. else you can right. make an influence, you know, on, on something. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm tickled every time I do one of those international student events because those kids have never even, you know, been around uh, a personal fishing like, like we have with jug fishing with our ministry right. or rods and reels. They just see it all done commercially in, in mainland China and these giant boats. And we just, we've got a lot to be thankful for, but we obviously need to pass that on.
1: Yeah, right. You know, I was just like you, you know, when I guided, you know, guided for 14 years. Yeah,
0: I meant to bring that up. And,
1: uh, you know... uh I could care less about some old guy that come out there and he had his fancy rifle and his fancy deal tell me where all he had been and what all he had killed. You know, I could care less about that guy. The ones that I really enjoyed was the kids and the women and the people that never had done it before. Right. The newbies. Exactly. You know, that, that was, that was the, that was the satisfaction I got of doing what I did. Yeah. And even foreigners. I mean, I had foreigners that, you know, from, from Germany and just, you know, all over. Sure. And uh, they'd come out there, and they were just in awe about, uh, about you know, what went on and what we could do. and Because, like you said, they had no idea. Yeah. You know, they had no idea that that kind of world existed. Existed,
0: exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. No, that's good. And that all being said, too, you know, um, I just finished an article for this hunting school program that we're doing that I talked about earlier in the show, and basically the, um, the whole point of that article was you don't have to go to Colorado to kill an elk in Texas. You don't have to have a That's draw right. system or a lottery or tags or any of that to kill an elk, which is considered an exotic in Texas. Same with the bison. Same with the red stag. You know, I mean, all these animals are at our disposal. Now, is it an easier hunt, a much easier hunt in Texas than it is out in the west, the western states? Absolutely. But I'm just saying we've got it really good here. <laughs> really good.
1: Right. Well, you know, I mean, in all my guidance, I, I got a little I got a little short story I'll tell, and I'll try to make it as fast as I no, can. I had a guy come in. He, he had two little boys with him. One of them was like 10 or 11, and the other one was like 8. The 8-year-old had MS. Okay. Okay. The eight year old couldn't hardly get around. Daddy had to help him do just about everything he did. Right. We go hog we go hog hunting and this really changed my whole perspective on the hunting and hunting in the high tent. And uh, but anyway, uh after the ten, eleven year old killed a pig that morning. And the daddy come up to me, well, I gotta back up a little bit. Over there where we hog hunted, I had purchased some hogs to put in there to hunt from somebody that supposedly trapped them, but they, they were tame hogs. Yes. Okay? You could you could go rattle a feed bucket, and here they would come. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Now then. The daddy come to me midday, and he said, uh, they called the little boy Tiger. And he said, is there any way that we can get Tiger close enough to a pig that he can kill it with his little chipmunk twenty-two. Mm-hmm. I said yes, sir. Okay, this changed my whole perspective on on. Uh, there's a place for everything. Sure. So we get a feed bucket. We go over there. I go rattling that feed bucket and I pour out the feed. And he gets tiger up in his arms and. And he walks Tiger out there to them pigs and he shoots one of them in the head with a 22. <laughs> and the pig falls over, and you'd have thought that boy killed an elephant. <laughs> he squealed and he had a fit. And, and I was his hero dear. from then on. They sure. came back up with me two or three times mm. after that. And I was Tiger's hero. And it changed my whole perspective. And there's a time and a place for everything. Sure. And it all goes back to sportsmen like us in a hole are our worst own enemies.
0: Yes. I agree.
1: We complain about the man hunting with uh an inline mother loader or hunting with a compound bow or a crossbow. Right. We don't like what he's doing. Well, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. Just because you don't like it. If it's legal and it's moral, what difference does it make to you, or why should it matter to you? Right, and you see that a lot. it's It's all hunting, and it's all in the industry. You
0: see that a lot in archery, you know, this, I own three crossbows and only own two compound bows. Well, you know, that's easier hunting and that's this, that, and I'm like, it's hunting. Just call me a hunter. And the great Bob Hood, who left our magazine and died of cancer a few years ago, and I took over his job on uh, some of the editorial stuff, he he wrote a really good article before he passed away that said, just call me a hunter. Don't call me a bow hunter. Don't call me a crossbow <laughs> hunter. Just call me a hunter. That's who I am. Absolutely. That is what I do. And
1: absolutely.
0: You know, I couldn't agree more. Because we have a lot of forces that are against us out there. We need to unite. We are a minority out there as hunters and fishermen. You that know, is the,
1: that is the the major problem. We need hunters, to unite. You know, they will not unite. Yeah, exactly
0: And I mean, that that may be for all of us One of these days down the road But I mean, I'm just saying I'm young enough to, to still see That change happening in the in the world of, of You know, let's all get along with each other and, and be in unity with something And I've talked about this on the show before Especially when it comes to gun rights And, um, you know, uh, uh, pro-gun stuff But I, I definitely see the case for hunting Because we you're right, Randy We're our own worst enemy, exactly Oh
1: yeah, definitely so and I've seen it all my life, you know. Right. If you didn't do it the way somebody else wanted it done. And I've told people this time and time again, you know, they talk about tradition, yep. traditional this and traditional that. If you want to be tra- traditional, get you a sharp rock <laughs> and a stick. <laughs> then you can call yourself a traditional yeah. hunter. Yeah, a trad that, hunter. Yeah. shut up, shut That's up, true. you know, but don't, you know. Yeah, that's traditional true
0: trad hunter is going to making your own spear and making your own you know arrows and and making your own self yeah, bow you right. know and that's a true right. trad hunter right there but yeah you're you know it's it's great but i think that's something that needs to be brought up on shows like this you know where we needed at least to talk about those harder issues that we are you know fighting against ourselves where we could just all get along i mean life would be a lot simpler you know it'd be a lot easier in a lot of you ways know,
1: when i was guiding somebody come out there and they had a gun that maybe I didn't really care for or whatever, you know, I couldn't tell that person, you know, well, that's a piece of crap you brought to hunt with, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, that wouldn't have got me nowhere.
0: That's right.
1: And so, and so, you know, everybody, everybody's of their own, you know, sure. like I said, if you're, if you're legal and you're moral, then do it.
0: Right. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. Well, um, I, I know we kind of lost Bill there for a little while, but um really appreciate you you guys both being on here and um, both doing this with me and for joining our show again. Enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks so much, Randy. And there they go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mac and Prowler. I'll put the information on how to look them up in our show notes, MackandProwler.com. It's kind of like mac and cheese. You don't put a K at the end of Mac. M um, A C A N D P R O W L E R. You can tell by spelling that fast. I've done this a few times, so worked with those guys. They got me started in media and got me started in understanding, um, you know, how to sell in media and how to uh, how to relate to people on camera and on podcasts and, and, and through writing. And really, had those guys to thank for a lot of my success in the outdoor world. They really have encouraged me over the years to continue to keep trudging along and um, and kind of living my dreams. So. Really excited about that. So, um, if you would like to do so, if you've not done so yet, please subscribe to our newsletters and subscribe to our print and digital magazine. Magazines only $19.95 for a year or longer. You can pay a little bit more and uh, you get discounts, obviously, with the amount of years that you get with us. And we have a new magazine that comes out every month. We have a digital edition, which is even cheaper than the print edition, or you can get the digital with the print. Uh, If you give your email address, you can get signed up for that. And uh, that is at fishgame.com. That is fishgame.com. The other thing I promised I would talk about on this podcast is... Um, well, before I get into that, newsletters, uh, Tactical Tuesday, Wildlife Wednesday, Thursday, State of the Outdoor Nation. Got to check those out. If you're not on the mailing list for those, we also have special partner sponsored promotions that come through there. Uh, we're getting ready to do one with Skull Hooker, which is an in- incredible product I've mentioned on the show before for mounting your Euro mounts, uh, your Europeans uh, skull mounts and uh, of just about any size game they've got a skull hooker for you which is a really cool thing so check them out uh that's coming middle of this month and then what just launched this week i'm so excited about this i was part of this program from the editorial and the sales uh standpoint so i kind of have both ends of this uh, big and J and swagger bipods. Now if you've hunted deer at all, you know about big and J. They make long range attractants that are just awesome. They're full of uh, a lot of aroma and uh, protein and minerals and all kinds of different stuff that big and J has made out of. but they attract deer like crazy. They have deadly dust. they have BB2 or BB squared. Uh, they have uh, cubes which are like the, the protein blocks uh and they've got granulated formula i mean they've got awesome stuff and the swagger bipods is one of the coolest bipod systems i've ever seen it's the most versatile bipod system i've ever seen they're owned by the same parent company and so they went in together and we're doing a, pro- a program sponsored by both of them by big and jay and swagger and you can check that out at fishgame.com forward slash hunting school all one word fishgame.com forward slash hunting school or if you visit the fishgame.com website you should see a little slide up popper over the next few weeks at least that slides up from the bottom and it basically uh, has a link that you just click on and that will bring you to the to the landing page our digital publisher did a phenomenal job on um, on doing that, uh, that website so in that landing page and all the articles now I've written three of the articles that are appearing in there and you'll see my picture on a fourth one so out of uh, 12 or 13 posts and videos And articles and everything like that I've written about a quarter of them And um, and been featured in about a quarter of them And I've got a lot of really neat um, Neat editorial stuff going on there So that's what I've been working on lately Along with all the other stuff that I do So anyway, thank you again for watching Reading and listening Thank you so much for being a part of the Texas Outdoor Nation Please subscribe to those newsletters You'll also get an email blast of all the different articles As we bang them out uh, Send them in to to email blast uh on that same mailing list that you have from the newsletter and we just we're just having a blast over here so thank you so much again for joining our show for listening please also subscribe to the podcast it does not cost you one red cent to subscribe to the podcast and it is full of good information for your outdoor pursuits thank you so much again for checking us out and have an awesome day in the outdoors we'll see you next time